What is going on, everyone? This is episode 52 of the Attack of Zero podcast. As always, I'm your host, Carter Noble, joined by our fantastic co-host, Carl Wilkin. Carl, what's going on today, man? Today, we're going to look back at 2019 Magic and kind of just, like, go over the highlights, the lowlights, and look about a little bit of, like, what we kind of slept on, what we got right, what we got wrong, stuff like that. Should yeah, be a pretty fun episode. Basically, our uh, our 2019 year in review is, is basically what we're going with here. So, um, we're going to have basically three sections today. Um, we're going to have the best parts of 2019, the worst parts of 2019, and basically things we missed in 2019. Um, where do you where do you want to start today, man? Let's start with the bad stuff that way we can like go to the good stuff and then like that way it doesn't sound like we're dragging too hard on Watsy. <laughs> so uh my my first thing that went pretty pretty wrong this year um we just had the first thing is like we didn't really have gp coverage all year um like the last several years it's been you know you wake up on the weekend you can turn on twitch or wherever and just watch magic content all the time, you know, high stakes magic content all weekend. And with, with SCG moving away from having something every weekend and the GPs just basically removing coverage. It seemed like this year is just like, man, I really want to watch high stakes magic, but like, I can't The the counterpoint to that is like, well, you can still turn on magic and watch whatever format you want, whenever you want, because the magic streaming community has just grown so much in the last year. So that that's that's one of the big things for me this year is just like not getting to have a lot of the high stakes tournament coverage that we've had in the past. I kinda agree with that, uh, except I don't really watch most of the magic streamers. Oh yeah. I, I'm the same way, just, you know. I'm not big into watching one single person stream magic twenty four seven. It's like cool once in a while, but if that's all I'm doing with my weekend, I'd much rather go watch something else or go do something else. The yeah, I mean, spirit of competition is very strong in me, and I'd much rather watch actual competitive than just like running some... through a league with this deck. You know, yeah, yeah, that stuff. What do you What do you got, man? Uh, one of the things I was really excited for and just kind of just flopped entirely was Modern Horizons. I was so ecstatic for like. This eternal, eternal only format like set and god damn did it just blow up in everybody's faces. There uh, was with, go ahead. There was a lot of good that could have come from Horizons, and I think overall the the power level of that set was just unregistered to players until we actually started playing with cards. Um, I, I remember like doing a review of it. We're just like, man, this card's really sweet for commander. Yeah. This card's really sweet for commander. You know, just like, and then, you know, when we actually start playing with it, it's just like, man, this, these are like genuinely fucked up cards. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I remember having Urza as my number one card on our, our top 10 list that week. And I said that this is the reason that paradox engine is going to get banned. And, you know, that was that was the extent of where I saw Urza being played. And now it's the most dominant deck in modern and has been for what, six months now? Uh something like that, yeah. Some somewhere like 
how long has it? How long? It's not been. How long has Modern Horizons been out? Um, it came out in July because Hogak was banned in, in August. So. Yeah, six months. Or yeah, six months. Yeah, Urge has been running around rampant. And like, <laughs> that's ignoring you know, Hogak. <laughs> like, Carter's legal for a month, you know, and then Ren and Six comes in and gets banned in, in Legacy, and it's just, man, there is so much wrong with this set. But on the counterpoint of that is like, well, you know, we get, like, sweet stuff like Giver of Runes and Ranger Captain of Eos, and, like, there's some really cool stuff here, but overall, it's just like, man, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that again. Yeah, agreed. Um, there was so much potential had Hogak and Urza and like the Horizon Lands just not been in this set. Oh, for sure. They um, they've just warped the the older formats so much around them. Yeah. Speaking speaking of things that have just completely warped every format they're legal, um War of the War of the Spark Planeswalkers. I think these are some of the worst designed cards that we have ever seen. Oh yeah, Pork. the the like backbreaking ability of Tefiri Time Raveler making it where you don't get to interact at instant speed. Like the the removal of like interaction is the biggest part of why these cards are awful. Um, Tefiri being the big one for me, cl- followed very closely by Narset. Um, Narset, you know, has become restricted in Vintage because, well, if you can play a Narset and it resolves, like, your opponent just, like, loses so much tempo because now they can't draw their extra cards like like that format is known to do. Yeah. When, when your Ancestral Recall doesn't do anything, then, like, you're really far behind. And that's, that's just, you know, two. That's not talking about Karn the Great Creator or Nissa Who Shakes the World or... Like, Ashiok Dream Render. Like, Ashiok is, like, the most tame of those, where it's still, still, you know, a backbreaking ability of not being able to search your library. But, like, at the end of the day, it's graveyard hate. So, like, it's good in what it does, but it still eliminates a play pattern that you ha- that you play with. Let's be honest here. Uh, it's not really the planeswalkers. Like if they were normal planeswalkers, where they had like actual ability, like just abilities and whatnot, they probably would have been okay. Like Nissa without the static ability is is decent. Uh, Narset without the static ability is decent. Teferi without the static ability is just like a, another three mana boring planeswalker. <laughs> It's, it was the fact that they wanted to introduce these static abilities on these cards to differentiate them from all the other Planeswalkers they've had previous. Mm-hmm. So it's not really just like War of the Planeswalkers or the Spark Planeswalkers in general. It was the mechanic of putting static abilities on a Planeswalker when Planeswalkers are like the hardest permanents to deal with. In For magic sure. For general, sure. And just overall. The, the ability to give them enchantment-based static effects... On a body, on a body that is hard to deal with in most instances, it granted they are easier to interact with than enchantments on the most part, but like they are also one of the like most overpowered permanent types. Yeah. 
I'm I'm just I really hope we don't ever see the return of static ability planeswalkers like this again. The, I don't think we will. I, the I idea was a good one, but I think it was just so poorly executed. They put so many powerful abilities on the static part that is just like it pushed them over the top, a lot of them over the top. And heck, even some of the non-war, the Spark Planeswalkers, which we'll get to in a little bit, have been like horrendous this year. Yeah. Uh, Oko. <laughs> I think I think it was LSV uh, put out a list of like top five planeswalkers of all time, and three of them were printed this year, being yeah. Narset, Teferi, and Oko. The fact that Oko is the best planeswalker ever printed it, it, is just absurd to me. We just need to take it out of modern. <laughs> just need to t- just revoke its existence, man. Revoke its existence only deals with enchantments. Sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> Um, but yeah, going back to just how planeswalkers in general have been kind of miserable, like standard itself, the, the whole dealing with standards, overpowered power creep cards, however you want to define it, uh, kind of shook the like resolve in the format for most people. And it, standard's been down. Uh, that's yeah. another bad thing. That's another big check mark that Watsi, they were doing really good. We have been praising them and praising them for like the, better part of 2019 and then this last like since war of the spark on just whew, sucked it all down into a vacuum i mean uh, that, i think that transitions pretty well into our like our next point is just like the number of bannings and unbannings we've seen this year you know um i went through and counted just this year i think there's been about 30 plus changes made to the the ban and restriction announcement this year and that, dude, that's insane. Granted, bannings should be normal. They should, it should happen, especially in a paper format. And you're trying to test new things and push new cards and test new mechanics and things like that. That should happen. That is a good thing. But just how Watsi handles it is kind of the problem. Like, they let Field of the Dead run wild for probably a month longer than it could have for most people. For uh, sure. O- Oko. Oh my god. Don't even get me started on Oko. Oko is like... Oko should have never Oko. been printed. It never should have happened. Once upon a time. Probably never should have happened. Like, from War of the Spark on, we've had more... Like, I would say... I'd say War from the Spark on. It's just like we've had more issues in Standard than we ever did prior to that. And Standard was in a real good place before... Court, like, before War of the Spark. And then... It just kind of just... So interesting, interesting counterpoint to that. Um, I'm looking at this like compiled list here. The last time we did not have a standard banning in like a year was 2016. So the Damn. last, the last several years of standard has just been like, well, I can't play with every card I want to because you know it's just not legal. Yeah. So it you know. 2017, we saw Emrakul's Copter, Reflector Mage, uh, Velodar Guardian, Aetherworks Marvel. So, like, you know, just that entire shit show that was, you know, uh, Kaladesh, Aether Revolt. And then 2018, we have more Kaladesh with all the energy cards. Um, And then 2019, we've had Oko, Oko, Veil of Summer... 
um, Once Upon a Time, Field of the Dead, like it, whatever they are doing for standard development just has not been clicking for several years now. It could be placed on, it could be pushed back to like, well, is play design doing its job correctly? Or like, are they look, are they just like lazing around, not really doing anything? Are they, uh, it could be pushed back to R and D creating like power creep, having too many good cards mm-hmm. to shove into a set, want to put them all in together and in a vacuum or like in their future, future league. That's great. Like you can play test that for probably years and years and never have any issues because you're like 15 people in a room playing magic decks. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas when you release it out into the wild, there's millions of players. Looking yeah. At you know, space. having, having a group of, let's say 20 people working on a format compared to literally every magic player is quite small, you know? So it's, it just, it astonishes me of how wrong they have got some of these cards this year. It makes me think and wonder about like, could we beta test like sets? Like, can we start like closed beta? Like get like, the top X number of moto players and give them access to these cards and have them play with each other like they do for like other games the, and close beta to test that stuff. The biggest thing I have a problem with that is um, just the amount of like leaks you're going to get of, Hey, this is what's coming. You need to be prepared for it. That's why you nip it in the bud ahead. It's like if you, that's why you can, the whole point of closed beta is you can, you can, you can leak it all you want, but things are subject to change. So then mm. if it changes, then yeah, they just look I, like idiots. I wish that was one thing that like Magic had the ability to do was errata cards. Um, and, and I mean, I've been saying this for years as well. It's just like, man, I really wish that like we could change Field of the Dead to Legendary. Or Tefiri Hero of Dominaria comes in at three, three loyalty, so he can't tuck himself. Or, you know, just change the text from target permanent to another target permanent. Just like there's, there's so many little dials you could change that like Mm -hmm. would make these cards playable. Like make, Oh, I don't, there are so many dials you would have to change on Oko to make that card not overpowered. Like you can make, there's so (laughs) much you have to do. You can make him four, give him a plus one and a minus one, like not have him start at four loyalty. Like, like if he started at three and had a plus two, well then he still dies to fry. Like, yep. make it where they can't target their opponent's stuff and it's only yours. Like, oh, man, there's so many problems with this card, and I, I just want it gone from every format. Um, going, like, on the other end of the spectrum about bannings happening in Standard, we kind of had a lack of bannings in, like, Modern when we needed it. They let Hogak yeah. go on a little bit too long. Urza's definitely overstated its welcome at the moment. Um, yeah, for, for sure. And even even going back, like, I know KCI was, it was banned in January. It was one of our first episodes that we recorded, but just like, man, there was so many people who wanted that deck banned when it first started going off. Yep. And they're just like, well, you know, give it time, let it develop, hopefully the format will adjust, and like, it just never did. There's no adjusting to it. When the deck yeah. is it's able to play through all of the hate, like Urza currently can, it's just 
there's no way to hate it out. There's no way to actually get around it without play. You just have to play the deck yourself and hope you're faster. And then, you know, when, when, uh, horizons came out, you know, you were, you were talking about Hogak, like bridge from below paid for Hogak since. Yep. And uh, not saying that bridge from below is a good designed card either, but <laughs> I, I, that card is doomed to be broken at some point anyway. But uh, it's a combination. They gave us altar, Plus Hogak and just at the like, same time, yeah, at the same time, and that's just enough to push it over the edge. Like Bridge from Below is fine if you do not just just don't give it the altar. Like Hogak plus Bridge, it's okay. It's not going to do a whole lot. Altar was like the linchpin of that deck that made it just so busted because it gave you a way to just continuously loop back your Hogak. Um, so. Just like they they need to pull the trigger a little bit quicker. Yeah. On certain things. And like, like if I'm not saying, hey, you know, go out and bitch about it. But like, listen to your players because they know what they want. And I'm not saying, you know, put out a a list of saying, you know, here's what you need to do to get a card banned or anything like that. It's just like people have been calling for this Urza ban for months now. And yep. or or even just like banning Mox Opal, banning Astrolabe. Like there's so many things you could take from the Urza deck to weaken it, and they just don't listen to their players who are saying, "Hey, this format sucks. Please fix it." Granted, there's people who love this format because it's a bunch of fair decks. You you can call it, you can, you can <laughs> call it fair. fair. They, they play Cryptic Command. They play counter spells. So it has to be a fair Magic deck, right? We've gotten to the point where Amulet Titan is starting to play Oko. Of course they are, man. Like, this Oko is ruining Bro-ko. modern for the most part. Oko uh, is Broko, man. And then if once Oko is gone, Urza probably is still the best deck because it just has Emery to just go back and fall back on to be a combo deck. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have doesn't lose to Sony Silence. <laughs> like you have to revolt push an Urza, so good luck with that one. Um, it's just modern the, the eternal formats were like ruined through modern horizons legacy it took legacy right in the six what it took right in the six was what band went like november a month, so like a month like a month and a half ago yeah yeah about six about oh, five to six months it took them that long to realize that red in six is a problem in legacy but you know when, at, the, at the same time like how many people are actually playing legacy <laughs> Is, is my big thing. It's like, especially now that we have Pioneer and we have Modern and like we have Historic on Arena. You see, Pioneer is fixed Modern. Pioneer is not fixed Legacy. Yeah, Pioneer is just, it's great. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about Pioneer here after a while, as, as I'm assuming people well, expect. Well, Pioneer was great. We'll see what happens with Theros here. Theros might just cause all sorts of problems. But, um, uh, what else do we got on our what what else is bad about this year like um one one thing that i've i've noticed is just like the lack of like i don't want to say lack of support for arena but just like the lack of player contingency to arena like there's no you know there's no need to play on arena does that make sense like the, the fact that you can get on Magic Online and have every card you want 
due to you know this the copious amounts of rental services now, you can get any card you want for next to nothing compared to arena that costs hundreds of dollars to get a full set per set. So you know we're we're out six to eight hundred dollars to play every every standard card at this point, or at least everything that's playable. Yep. Um. So the fact that you can play everything for next to nothing, uh, the fact that there is a major tournament for basically every format every weekend on Arena, I mean on on Moto. Uh, they have cube support on Moto. Like you have in person drafts on Moto. The fact that they want to say arena is the future, here's what we're working towards, and just like not have the support to do that makes me question their intentions. You have to remember, though, arena's been like in beta <laughs> for the better part of this year. It just it just now finally released as an actual game. And in reality, it should not have been released as a game at this point. It's, yeah, it should still be in beta, honestly. There's still so much that they need to do and fix. I mean, hell, they've been talking about getting us a friends list for you know a year and a half or whatever Arena's been out, and we just got it last week. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, la- this month. So, it, it's... There are so many lacking features on Arena that it really makes me question how much I want to invest into it and actually play onto it if... You know, I don't want to like, yeah, it's it's neat and flashy and new and looks good. But like there's still issues with like leaking RAM and the fact that like I can't play any format I want and I can't draft with real people. Like there's a lot of things wrong with Arena that I really want to be fixed because I would I would love to be able to play Arena as much as I want. But at the end of the day, it's just like. I don't want to invest into this when I'm not getting the fun out of it that it would cost me to invest into it. Yeah, agreed. I'm going to say I haven't played or I don't play arena very much anymore at all. I don't actually don't even play moto that much at all. I think the um, only time I, I actually load up arena is right before we start recording. I'll get on and play a couple games. So, you know, once a week I'll get on or whatever. <laughs> so... And that's just to be like, all right, let's let's get in the idea of talking about magic a little more here. Let's let's play with these cards a little bit before we get started. And it's just like, man, I don't want to do this. These formats all kind of s- play this anymore. <laughs> these formats all kind of suck. <laughs> I'm like, I'd hate to say it. I have actually played less magic this year than I did any other year when I started playing magic again in 2009 yeah oh yeah for sure for sure after i took my after i did my break from magic and i started playing again i've been playing for pretty much 10 years and i have played less this year probably than any other year i played magic yeah which is terrible to say um and you know like obviously there's like well you have other priorities like you got married this year you bought a house like you have a lot of stuff going on but like this is still, like, one of my favorite hobbies, and, like, we we had the privilege of sitting here and talking about it for hours on end every week. Yep. But, like, that doesn't mean I get to go play as much as I want to. Agreed. I would love to be able to go play more. Like, now that I got, like, I'm settled in and I'm comfortable, now I have a puppy to go take care of. Like, 
Like I, I, I would feel terrible if I went to go play magic and my puppy was sitting in the kennel alone in the dark. I was like, I, I would feel terrible about that. So I don't want to go play magic 30, 45 minutes away if I have to leave my puppy here alone. Or uh, in your case, you usually work Friday night, so you don't actually yeah. get to go play. Um, and I work, I if I'm not working Friday night, that means I'm working bright and early Saturday, so I don't get to go to my LGS and play Pioneer on the weekends. Like, Yeah. I still have yet to play a single match of Pioneer. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's, I've played quite a bit on Arena. I mean, on uh, Moto, and it's it's great. Um, I've watched a lot of content. I've played a lot of content. I, I, I've played a lot of games with it and everything. It's just, it's a very, very good format. It is a format I have been wanting to play for years. Um... I'll have to go through and build a new deck. Probably going to build Sodex uh, Dredge, Dredge Pioneer Dredgeless Dredge. Yeah, it's 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 a very good deck. Um, I it, like it. I have most of it. I have the land base for it, so I was like, yeah, why not? I'm excited to see how much support Pioneer gets in the next year, uh, especially like locally, having having like Magelings an hour away, having. Spanky's being you know an hour away, having all these exceptional games game stores locally, hopefully means that we're going to get a lot of support for it. Unfortunately, no more Moonbase. Yeah, that un- made me un- sad. unfortunately, Moonbase did close this week, I believe. They close the. It's not this week. It's next week. It's which, next Sunday. Which you know sucks because like. Moonbase was one of the big reasons to like go that way because you're just like, yeah, you know, they have high high stakes tournaments and like these tournaments are great. And like Jeremy, the, the previous owner, was fantastic and knew what he was doing. But, you know, Jeremy got lucky and now gets to retire at the age of 25. So yep. <laughs> he gets to travel for the next X years because, you know, he's it, Jeremy's a hell of a dude if you never got to meet him. Uh, I. I, I wish I had more interaction with him. So, well, there is, I think, one more. Is there one more legacy? Yeah, he's doing event? a legacy 10K. Uh, I can't remember when it is, but it is a hundred dollar entry, I believe. I'm just I like, mean, man, that is really high. <laughs> that, I mean, it's a 10K. What do you expect? Though? Oh, yeah, for like, sure. But. Like you, you, it, you pay for what you get at that point. Like you're going to play for a lot of money. Like and like, Jeremy is. I be, I know he's giving away a piece of power as a door prize. I can't remember what piece though. I'm not. I don't think he ever mentioned it. But. Let me see if I can pull it up. But um. Yeah, not having competitive, like, actual, like, decent competitive events on Arena through Wizards is kind of meh. I, I, like, as a person who doesn't really like, I don't really like to watch people play on Arena. I don't really like, I mean, like to watch people play on Moto. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I kind of tried to watch the Twitch Rivals events when they were going on. Like, I'll have them on while I'm at work or something like that. And the Twitch Rivals is, like, nice to do, like, to see them pl- trying to do something competitive with it. But, like, I didn't watch a single MPL league match. Period. I don't know who won their oh, I, whole I thing. I don't know what's what happened. I know they're divided up based on like gemstones because it's like ruby league, ruby division, pearl division, emerald division, sapphire division, or something weird like that. Um, 
but yeah, I couldn't tell you a god dang thing about the MPL this past year since it, since its inception. I could not tell you a damn thing about it because Watsi just they're just not interested in showing off how like these are the competitive players that you know and love unlike and you just never see them because they like pre-record them and the bo- games are boring because the format's terrible and uh, yep Watsi did a lot of things wrong this year like I could probably we could probably ramble forever on what they did wrong um, instead let's probably talk about what they did right which not a large list but I mean it's, it's still some yeah, there's there's still quite a bit here to talk about. Um, what do you want to start, man? Um, we've been rambling about bannings and unbannings being like terrible, terrible, terrible things. Let's talk about one good unbanning this year. Uh, Stoneforge Mystic finally got its limelight in modern for a total of like two weeks, and then like <laughs> hasn't been seen since because Urza hasn't really been seen because Urza is supposedly the fair deck in the format and is doing fair things. I just um, I just love the idea that oh Stoneforge is too good proceeds to not be played at all. <laughs> now granted, there's probably a, a whole host of cards on the ban- on the modern ban list that are like that we got that granddaddy didn't that probably deserved to be on there. Um, I played with Stoneforge in standard, and when the card pools are smaller, Stoneforge Mystic gets better. When the removal is worse, Stoneforge Mystic gets better. Modern. <laughs> has no lack problems with either of those. The format is got the most cards. I think it has... It has more cards in it now than Legacy did at the time when Modern first Modern became was, a format. Yeah, like, it is so... There are so many cards in, available to you in Modern. And, like, your removal suite is ginormous. You have Path, Bolt, Push. Um, there's Beast Within, and... Or, Decay, Assassin's Trophy, so many ways to deal with Stoneforge Mystic. And back when it was in Standard, just before Modern became a format, there was like one or two good ways to deal with a Stone or resolved Stoneforge Mystic. Mm-hmm. And that was it. <laughs> and that's why it was so good. That's why it was so powerful. And that's why it got grandfathered into the Modern ban list because they just didn't want to see the, the Standard decks be played at Modern events and just and do all that stuff. But, um, they wanted people to explore more, hence why it was on the ban list to begin with. I, having it off the ban list was nice. I, I have my playset now. I have my batter skull. I have a sword. I can play with it when I want. I had my playset. I've, I've sold quite a lot of cards in the last year. Um, I sold Legacy again because, you know, it's just like whatever. Um, I, I just don't see Legacy seeing the support that I want. That I would that I would want it to have, let alone I don't think Death and Taxes is going to be good anytime soon, especially when like Red and Six was around. Um, it's much better without Red and Six now. For it sure, actually is like doing really well now. Um, but it's just like you know I I don't have the desire to play Modern because it's been awful, so like I just don't have a desire to play this card. So as much as I love the fact that it's legal, with the current state of Modern, I just don't think it matters. And that's that's the shitty part of it all. Yeah, I have mine still. Uh, I'm kind of a I'm kind of hard to get rid of like get rid of cards. I got rid of a bunch of stuff when we were buying the house because I needed the money. But uh, I did man I did make sure to keep like 
the Sahili Rye deck for Modern. Dredge, dredge, because I'm never gonna be able to sell it anyway. <laughs> um, at this point, I might as well just like get it laminated and just like hang it on a wall somewhere because it's never gonna get sold anyway. Um, but yeah, like before when when Stoneforge was to got unbanned, the format was kind of fun. Urza was just getting its feet wet and it wasn't like super super strong. Um, it was still the deck to beat, but not to the extent it is now. Yeah. Uh, Urza nowadays, it's kind of just pushed everything else out. Unless you're, like, doing something broken on two, you're not really keeping up with Urza, because Urza's doing something broken on one and two. Like, if the um, if the threat that comes down on one isn't good enough, the threat that's coming down on two is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, modern... Stoneforge Mystic being freed in modern is... Was something, a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's something I've been asking for for years, and... In reality, it, it just, unfortunately, doesn't really matter. Um, it, it does show that, like, Watsy is willing to listen to its players somewhat, I think. Yeah. Um, it might take they're, you... They're willing to listen. It just, like it might I said, take you like years said before, to, it just, you know, break through, but... it They need to be more trigger-happy. They need to pull yeah. the trigger, because you could always go backwards. You could oh, always oh, for sure. change what you just did. You could always go back and change it. Waiting too long is what loses players. If you just trigger, if you just pull it when you think it's a problem, instead of waiting for more data six months down the line. Well, six months from now, there's not going to be as much data because people don't want to play. Exactly. You're not going to, you have to wait even longer for your data. Um, what else did they get right this year? Let's see here. Um, one of One of the big things... We'll we'll save the big one for last, but uh, one of one of the big things that I do appreciate this year is like having non-standard legal sets, um, specifically Horizons. You know, we we dogged on Horizons for being awful, but at the end of the day, like it shows that they're willing to uh, design more powerful cards at the expense of them not being standard legal. Like, I would love to see another set where like Thoughtseize gets reprinted. But not into standard because I think that would be awful, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Cards that don't need to be uh, reprinted into standard that need a reprinting. But at the same time, like I love the fact that we got new cards, like Giver of Runes, like I mentioned. You know, there's there's a lot of sweet cards from these sets that unfortunately were just overshadowed because of how high the power ceiling is for these for these formats. Like, non-standard sets are great. They they keep the eternal like the eternal format players in check. Like they keep them interested because otherwise they just Watsi makes zero money off of the secondary market, like almost zero. And not having these non-standard sets means they think they're just missing out on all this money and opportunity to like to just have such existential profit because they just get to have all these cards, like, especially for these new cards. I'm pretty sure Modern Horizons is probably one of the best-selling, like, non-standard sets we've ever had. Oh, for sure. Just because it's all new cards, nobody has them, nobody, you can't, like, you can't go and pick up old copies for cheap, you can't go and pick, like, go and dig through your bulk box and find these cards. Well, most of them. But, um, most of the, like, the new cards that were new to Modern... And new to just, in general, like Red and Six, Urza, 
they drove the price of that format and they kept people wanting to buy it. I think you could still buy Modern Horizons boxes. I don't remember for how much, but I think you can still get a hold of them. Well, I, I'm actually on Star City now looking through uh, through Modern Horizons specifically. and like, man, this set, like, its prices have dropped off the face of the Earth. Well, yeah, Modern is a boring format now because Urza, unless you're buying Urza, you're, there's no point to buying anything. Like, Force of Negations are still 35 but, like, you know, you... Like, the price of Force of Vigor, I expect that card to be higher than $5. Like, it's a yeah, very playable card. But at the same time, Force of Vigor hasn't ever really been super popular in these formats. I think it's a very good card. That doesn't mean it has the price tag I think it deserves. Same with, like, Goblin Engineer. That card was, like, $4 at one point. It's currently a dollar. Yep. So there's there's a lot of, like, if you want to be... Getting into Magic Finance, like, there's a lot of stuff from this set where you could just be like, man, this this set has fallen off the face of the earth. It's probably be sweet to start picking stuff up specifically for, like, Commander, like, like Goblin Engineer, um, like Hall of Heliod's Generosity. That's a Commander card, and it's, like, three bucks right now. Especially with the return to Theros, we're going to get a ton more of enchantments and, therefore, enchantment support. Like, a card like that would just be insane to pick up right now for three bucks a pop. Yep. Um, you can pick up a box of Modern Horizons on Star City for $200 right now. See, that seems really high when I'm actually looking through the cards. Uh, I just don't see me making my money back. It's about seven... Uh, the box itself... I think they came with, what, 24 packs in them? Um... I know it wasn't 36. I don't think, I think it was 36. it's 24, because it was two rows of 12, probably. Because it sat nice in the little display the display box when they, when you had like opened up and whatnot. So... That's actually a little bit under price per pack. There's, like, price per, like, bulk pack when you buy them out, like, per pack. Mm-hmm. But not by much. Uh, a pack of Modern Horizons is $7 which still seems a little high in my opinion, but they got to make money too. It is what it is. Um, but like, if we could just get better design non-standard sets that aren't, like the the current upcoming Commander draft set, that sounds like a hoot and sounds oh, yeah. like something fantastic oh, yeah. I would want to draft. That- Granted, I wouldn't want to play the games because I'm not a fan of Commander, but I'd love to draft it, just to draft it, and then have For someone else play the sure. deck. For sure. And, I mean, um, that just I, that just transitions into one of my next points. Is just, like, there is so much su- commander support in the last year. And, like, in the coming year. Yeah, because Watsy realized that all their money is coming from commander players. Yeah, and I love it. Like, we have the Brawl decks, where we got stuff like Chulane. We have the, the Fairy. We have Corvald. Uh, Arcane Signet, like these are all cards designed for Commander, and yeah, I unfortunately, wanna, I want to go back on that. Unfortunately, Corvald broke into Standard, but you know. Yeah, I want to go back and lay this out uh, specifically, like the Brawl decks and the cur- the upcoming theme boosters where they have specific rares and things like that. If you're gonna make these cards legal to play in Standard, don't make you them gotta playable. Give, you got to yeah. give us more a- either give us more access to them or don't let them make don't let them be played. 
Yep. Because Corvalds are insane right now to try yep. and like purchase in paper. Are they and still like $30? I wanted to buy the Brawl deck in paper, and I couldn't even find it because everyone's buying them for standard. They're literally buying the deck for the Corvald and then bulking the rest of it out. When I wanted to pick it up, pick one up to play Brawl and paper with, and I couldn't even find it. Oh man, it's it's actually dropped quite a bit. Um, That's good. Yeah, it it like you said was twenty thirty dollars there for a minute. Um, it's dropped down to about eleven, but I mean, still, for a for a mythic to be printed in exactly one product and then to make that card very playable is just awful. It it's awful. I hate it. Um, but having access to cards that are exclusive to these other formats seems fantastic. I'm just like if with the brawl decks. I understand like everything has to be standard and legal and whatnot, but just like, God damn, put the commanders in like in there somewhere. Put them in the set. Don't just like let them lounge around and only brawl and be- then become standard playable. And I'm I'm afraid of what's gonna happen for these theme boosters because there's a couple playable cards in the theme boosters for the like just like in the rare slots mm-hmm. of the theme boosters, and you're not guaranteed to get any of them. Oh, no, of course not. That'd be no, too you're not simple. guaranteed one. You have to just hope you open one. So now that like now that these rares are in there, everyone's going to buy all these theme boosters. There was um, there was a white creature. I can't remember what it does, but it gives plus one plus one to all your creatures. I'm just like every at the end, like plus one plus one counter to every creature. I'm like, that's actually really good. Like that can be seen playing a standard deck. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm never going to be able to open this card because I have to buy 30 freaking theme boosters to try and pop a play set. And, you know, that's hoping you hit them. Just because you open them doesn't mean you're, you know, guaranteed to, to open them, like you said, so. Like, they could do a really good thing with these non-standard sets, and then they could be really, really bad. They need to stick with what's good and what's what they've been doing before, and not try to go to this grab, cash money grab thing, like with the collector's boosters. And putting specific cards and theme boosters. Oh, I mean, if we're if we're talking money grabs, let's let's talk about Secret Lair. Like <laughs> Wizards finally decided that they can just literally print money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, like they 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 figured that out a while ago. Throne of Eldraine collector boosters. Here's all these collectible cards that are super cool and hard to get a hold of and we're not going to let you buy them unless you just like buy the whole box. And hope you open them. Good luck. Yep, like the the War of the Spark Planeswalker promo thing. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I understand it was it was handled poorly, but the idea was there. It, it stood its ground. It was going to do something good. You're guaranteed these things. You know what you're getting when you buy the box. Cool. Don't do that for these collector's edition things. It's cool that you're wanting to print cool promos and do stuff like that. But you got to have at least a little bit of guarantee if you're asking $300, $400 for these boxes. Yep. Yep, yep. Like, especially without MSRP being a thing, distributors could ask whatever they want for these guys per box. And, and like, as an LGS, what are you supposed to say? No, I don't want to sell those? Yeah, you either buy them and hope your players want to buy them. Or you don't, and then your players get angry because you didn't have it. 
it, because, it's a lose lose situation for LGSs. And because it's if you don't get them, for if you don't buy them to sell them, they will get they will go online to buy them elsewhere. Yep, they will go find them somewhere else, and you lose your business. You lose business. Yep. Um, but back on good things for 2019. Uh, Throne of Eldraine, for all of its flaws, it actually is like goes hand in hand with the, with how like I want to praise Arena, um, how they've been like developing cards with multiple purposes. The adventure mechanic is a real good way. To have spells and creatures at the same time, and oh, for not sure, fog down your deck trying to play all these sideboard cards and whatnot. Um, Arena has kind of facilitated that because Arena had a bunch of the modal cards and War of the Spark, and they're like, "This is a hit. This is a good thing. Let's print more of these things." Which, and, like, that's something they've been like actively doing. It's just like working towards like cards that are multifaceted, you know. Like looking at stuff out of out of like War of the Spark, we have like Casualties of War. That card's a commander, you know, all star. But like at the same time, like if you're able to cast it in standard, you are so far ahead. You know, it can catch you up when you're behind, and then like when when you're ahead, it can just shut the door. Uh, my current favorite modal card is Angrass Rampage. For sure. Just like um, make them sacrifice an artifact, make them sacrifice a creature, make them sacrifice a planeswalker. You can have it for any of these things to fill in any of these roles, and it is great. I, I still think my favorite modal spell of the past year is probably Bone Crusher Giant. Card just does so much, man. The the fact that like in Pioneer for a hot minute, it was able to disrupt the the Nexus decks where they're fogging you. So like, well, damage can't be prevented this turn, kill you. Like and then, yeah. like, it's also removal. Uh, it gets hit off a of collected company if you're doing that. But, like, it's also a spell in your collected company deck. Um, That's where it gets great. Murderous Rider fits in the same boat. It's just, like, yep. it's a it's a removal spell for a collected company deck. It's a removal spell for any kind of, like, black-green deck that needs it. But it's also a creature that you can play and, like, stem the bleeding against aggro and things like that. So... I forget, the mechanic did a lot of things right. I forget who it was. I think it was Frank Lepore. I was watching him play Pioneer one day, and he was talking about it. He's like, man, I really want to uh, work on this curve. This curve is really, you know, high on this deck. So he just drags his adventure cards down, you know, from like three to two or whatever, whatever it was. And someone in the chat's just like, Frank complains about curve, moves cards around to say curve is better. Like, well, <laughs> he's like, in actuality, like, these are modal spells that can go in your two or three, depending on where you need them. He's like, yep. So I complain about it, but he's like, at the same time, I'm making it to where I can actually see what it actually is. Yep. A good rule of thumb is to, like, always find when's the earliest I can cast this card and kind of treat it in that slot, mm-hmm. for these mod- for, especially for these adventure cards. Um, like, Bone Crusher is a two or a three. Uh, unfortunately, Murderous Rider is a three or a three. Yeah, but <laughs> it like Brazen Borrower is a two or a three. Uh, Rimnarok Knight is a one or a two. Like, granted, you're not casting it on one, but but it lets you double spell on turn two if you need to. Correct. You can cast another one drop and then pump a dude and things like that. Just um, be like, all right, one drop into punch plus God's willing, you know, and, and like the feather decks, uh, specifically with like Rimrock Knight or the, the gruel adventures decks with, um, in wall 
Innkeeper, Edgewall Innkeeper. There we go. Yeah. That card's been very impressive. And, like, on surface level, it looks super innocuous. And then, like, actually playing with it, you're just like, man, this card is, like, really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Throne of Drains. if Oko wasn't a thing, if and Oko, once upon a time wasn't a thing. Yeah. I think I feel this like is one of the best sets we've better. got. Yeah. Yeah. If you take away the two biggest mistakes from that set in Once Upon a Time in Oko, this this format looks much better. Oh, and then we just kick Nissa in the in in the knee and just knock her down, and just don't have her in the in War of the Spark, and have Green be oppressive as oppressive as it was. Just like why I does think this get, why does hard. Green get everything in the last like year? Because Watsy like, always has to have a color a shard of the color that's always just like here's the one we're super pushing for the year, and then. The rest is kind of garbage. It's kind of like how uh, Kaladesh was like, here's all these red cards. Play red. <laughs> hey, you want good cards? Here's mono red. Play this deck. Yeah. So it's just like, here's all the good cards for that color. And that's kind of like where it gets into it, it, it. Design gets into iffy territory. So like balancing just balancing these colors. It's hard. It's hard to balance these colors out because, like, they all do different things. So, like, power level compared to each other isn't the same. Like, this white card makes two one ones, but this blue card draws four cards. If you don't know the mana cost, which one's the better card? You don't. You can't tell. It's power level is super contextual in color wedges, and then it's super contextual, like, in the whole of the format. That it's just like it's super hard to balance these in just a set. So oh, like, for sure. Green being like super duper strong is like it's whatever. But god damn was Green strong this year. And it it's just awful, man. I would oh. I would love for Green to get knocked down a peg, but unfortunately it's gonna be this good for at least another at least another nine months until Nissa rotates. And probably even still after that. Eh, maybe. Uh, white seems to be, seems to be really really good. Come Theros. I'm hoping so, man. <laughs> white White needs a little bit of love. <laughs> um, I I love. I think it was uh, April King on on Twitter was talking about. She's like, if you had to remove one color from Magic, why would it be white? <laughs> And I, I think she did a poll, like, the next day. She's like, if you had to remove a color from Magic, which one would it be? And it had blue, black, red, and green on it. <laughs> so people are like, um, you missed one. She's like, no, white doesn't exist. Have you played Standard? <laughs> um, what else was good this year? Oh, yeah, Pioneer. <laughs> you know, like, the best thing to happen to Magic for the last, like, you know, probably ten years. It's... it's the best part of Pioneer is it is modern that you're never going to lose on turn two to Storm or get Blood Mooned on turn one or get Karn liberated on turn three. Just like, But you can still die on turn three. Just like everything shitty about modern just does not exist in this format. Yeah, no, they're making their own combos instead with uh, Walking Ballista and Heliod. Um, I was doing the math. I don't think we can do it on turn three. I think, I think the earliest I came up with was four. You can. Okay, walk me through it. So, uh, green-white land, mana dork. Uh-huh. 
Second land, um, Heliod. Okay. Turn three, you get to go um, Ballista for one. Any land that gains life uh, triggers Ballista, triggers Heliod, put the counter on Ballista, activate Heliod to give Ballista lifelink machine gun to death. Okay, that's that's one thing I had not considered was like the life gain lands. Yep. That's, that's, that's hot. Um, Kyle and I were working on it last night. We we're just like, all right, if we go hardened skills on one, we can go ballista on two, heliod on three, combo on four. Kyle, Kyle yeah. and I have been working on like Jeskai variations of like Jeskai control that just splash like walking ballista as a removal spell, but also splinter twin. <laughs> I like, built an Abzane company deck that's for modern that's playing the heliod ballista combo plus Frasca ballista. Basilisk Collar combo, plus Heliod Kitchen Fink's Viscerous Seer combo, plus Fight Fear Archangel Athun combo. So it's just like, here's all these combos in this deck that revolve around life gain and or death touch, and I'm going to kill you with one of these. She's like, you are going to die somehow. Like, which piece of the combo do you want to disrupt? Okay, cool, you died in this other one. Yep. Redundancy is key when you're playing combo decks, and having so many ways to combo with just, like, X number of cards is really, really good. You also get collected company, so you could also be, like, voice resurgence dot deck and just, like, beat people down. And range your captain so they can't interact with you. So, um, The deck seems really good. <laughs> getting, getting back to Pioneer for half a second, the... One of my favorite things that they did with this was they announced it, Said, all right, we don't want the fetch lands in it, which I think is like A plus. I, I love the fact that we don't have fetch lands in this format. Not only for like paper, but also just because like they're already hella expensive because of modern, and I can only imagine how expensive they would be in paper. Like Oh yeah. For Pioneer, like they would all the cons ones would have freaking skyrocketed. Windswept Heath would be a thirty dollar land. <laughs> oh no, it'd be more than that probably. So like, how popular I, Green Devotion was, it'd be a lot more than that. So I'm I'm very glad that like that was something they did. The the next step that I loved was just like we're going to be very critical about this ban list to start. The the fact that like we got what two and a half months of play testing the format for Watsi was amazing. I I hope they they see how meticulous we were in playing this format that they continue to do this for every format moving forward. Just, Hey, this is a problem. We need to get this fixed this week. You know, I know they announced at the, the last ban and restriction announcement on the 16th. Was that right? Something like that. Um, that they are moving forward. They're going to not have scheduled ban and restriction announcement and just do it as they see fit. I'm really hoping that means that they are going to, Come back in January, you know, the next week, and actually put pedal to the metal and actually try to fix things that have gone wrong. It's specifically it's like modern. modern for me, like specifically Please. modern. Um, I don't. There's really nothing in Pioneer right now that I'm just like, okay, this is a big problem. Um, I could see them coming in and dealing with blue white control just because it's kind of all over the place and like it's. When you lose against blue eye control, you lose for 30 minutes. So it's a major feel bad. And like, even when you're winning, it doesn't feel great. So yep. like I, I anticipate them coming in and dealing with 
hopefully Teferi Time Raveler, and just actually start nipping this card in the butt in every format as well. Yeah. Um, but, like, I also think that, like, blue-white control is fine if people play, you know, the correct version, not this stupid, dirtily Planeswalker version. Like, play yeah, Approach. Yeah, the one that can't win and just hopes you lose. Yeah, just play Approach of the Second Sun. Play a control deck that can win. Yeah, play if, to win. Do not play to lose, because playing to lose just defeats the point and purpose of magic. Like, why the hell are you playing? If I could preach one thing, man, it's it's play deck second win. Yeah. So it's just, we we have done a lot that was good for Pioneer. Um, and I know Goldfish put out a video of, like, the best things that's happened to Magic this year. And I think in the time that Pioneer's been legal... They've had more Pioneer deck submissions to the website than they have, like, modern in the first, like, five years it was legal or whatever. Yeah. Uh, in this time span, they've had twice as many deck lists published for Pioneer than they have Commander in that time span. And, like, Commander That's being... <laughs> Commander has, like, 15, 20,000 decks published in the two and a half months or whatever. So Pioneer is close to 40,000 decks in two months. That's insane. <laughs> it's insane. It I it really does just show you how popular this format is. Um I'm I'm really hoping Watsy doesn't come in and ban Dig Through Time. Like, I think the card is good, but I think this is the kind of format where it doesn't overperform like it does in modern and legacy. And I think it would be I it would it would be pretty bad for it to, to be uh, to be banned, in my opinion. Like, there's no dedicated combo decks that are playing it at this point. Like, you have the Jeskai Ascendancy decks, but, like, I don't think those are very good. And, like, if they are, it's not on the back of Dig Through Time, it's on the back of Jeskai Ascendancy and Sylvan Awakening. Yeah. And, like, Blue-White Control is not good because of Dig Through Time. Dig Through Time is good in Blue-White Control. Like, it is not the same argument. So... I I really hope that like Dig Through Time doesn't ever get hit because I think that I think it's fine. Yeah. I feel like I've ranted a lot today. Same. Let's talk about our missed calls and our called shots and wrap this thing up. Sure, man. Where what do you want to talk about? Because I know I have quite a few that are just like, man, I really misinterpreted this card. Like, this is the segment of magic is hard and not as easy to understand as people want it to be. Um, I feel like through Modern Horizons, I did a decent job trying to pick out, like, the good cards. And my numbers, were like, my spots on these cards are kind of off. I was, like, looking through. It's like, I've got Red and Six at number two, which... As the powerhouse card in Legacy, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I was like right on that one. But then I got like Bizarre Trade Mage at three. Like I expected that card to do a little bit more because it's 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 bizarre. Bagged that on a creature, and it just didn't do anything. Um, but like well, outside of the non the the uh, Eternal formats, going to standard calls, which from what I see from the list you sent me, is what most of them are. Oh yeah, there's there's quite um, a few that are. I mean, to be fair, we've only had one set that wasn't standard legal this year, so majority of these cards are going to be not, uh, you know, standard legal cards. So yeah, but um, 
like looking over my uh, core 2020 field of ruins a big one that i did not like even talk about i didn't even want to think it think about it because it's just, it's just a land oh yeah like it doesn't you're just do like, anything oh it it takes seven lands to do anything at which point you're getting a tutu like i understood that like it was not playable and limited and that's that's the majority of what i did in 20 in for 2020 it's like i played a lot of limited for that set so it's just like well this card's like super unplayable and always will be and then like when the actual format started being played, I'm just like, oh, this card is way, way better than I anticipated. Yeah. Um, instead of Field of the Dead, I had Lotus Field as, like, the land I thought was going to be really good. And I, I was I was still right. Like, it's just a different format. It was just really good in modern. <laughs> um, I had I had Lotus Field, I think, at number two on my list. And it was also my number. It was also uh, number two on mine. And, like, going back and thinking about it, it's just like, hey, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I said something about this card's not broken, but it will be at some point. And I, I think we're getting to that point in Pioneer where Lotus Field's really good with all these twiddle effects. And, like, even not having the storm mechanic, you still get to draw your entire deck, basically. Yep, you get to just com- you essentially combo off and just twiddle your land over and over and then you just I, I don't remember what the combo piece is you find something um what's omniscience the yeah there it is and then you just get to do everything oh god <laughs> yeah once, once you have an omniscience in play you win the game somehow eventually um looking looking over my list um one card that I definitely missed was Arkham's Astrolabe uh, again it just looks super minimal effect on its surface. Just like, you know, it comes in, you have to paste no mana for it, it draws you a card, sure, whatever, and it filters your mana. You're just like, man, it, it's prismatic, prismatic omen, but it costs one, one specific, like, one specific snow mana. How good is his actual card? It's like, snow mana shouldn't be better than normal mana, so probably not very. Well, and, jokes on you, because you can just play snow basics and anything. And now it's banned in Popper, should be banned in Modern, should be banned in Legacy. So, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like... <laughs> like, Modern, it, it, modern Popper, it had to go. Oh, uh, for sure. I've been asking for it in Popper for months. And, you know, that was that was one of the big signs of, man, this card is probably better than we're actually thinking it is. Was yeah. when you started talking about it being banned in Popper, I'm just like, Man, that seems, like, super wrong. That can't be right. And then, you know, you start seeing decklist published, and you're just like, oh, this card is everywhere. This card is really, really messed up, and it should not be for what it does. Um, what else? I feel like we kind of slept on Narset. Yeah. Narset kind of slept under the radar just because it's just like, here's this weird ability to like your opponent can't draw cards and pass the first one and things like that and just like yeah, it's cool like it's whatever right it's like yeah, it impulses we know that the planeswalker format is like going to make everybody want to draw more cards so this is so uh narset's just like god to your planeswalker and you know the big thing is just like it comes down and like it's it comes in at th- five goes down to three it replaces itself it's that's, I think that's the big thing. Is like it replaces itself, if not becomes card advantage while disrupting your opponent. Yeah. 
when I played with it in the blue black deck for War of the Spark standard, uh, I was always really good at finding Narset with my Narset. Yep. So you're like, all right, cool. You dealt with the first one. Deal with this one too. Like, yep. I got a backup in my hand. You can do whatever you want with this one. <laughs> oh, you did. You didn't attack it last turn. Okay, ticket down. Pick up a card. Here's another one at five. Good luck getting rid of this one. <laughs> or even you know just. Oh, you you can't clear it because I have a board presence and removal spells that you know about in my hand. Cool. Just like nice, you know, edge wall innkeeper. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, great hinge. Cool, Bantu. Nice. You can sack all those programs. That's fine. So you know, it it seems super simple of an effect, but like at the at the same time, it's just like. That's a really powerful effect to have on a three-mana Planeswalker. Yeah. And, like, I know, like, people, people like, when you look at the Pioneer ban list, years from now, people will be like, man, why is Oath of Nissan actually on this list? It adds redundancy to, to the games and makes them, like, play out the same way, much similar to Once Upon a Time. And, and, like, effects like that. Just, like, the same reason Ponder and Preordain are banned in Modern. It just, like, adds redundancy and adds consistency to your decks. But, like, mm-hmm. people probably overlook the fact that, like, it fixes your mana to play all these three-mana Planeswalkers at any point, you know? Like, the fact that your deck can consistently cast Oko, Tefiri, and Narset on two and or three is insane, it's like it, it it not only adds redundancy, but it adds so much consistency in what your deck is trying to do. Look at look at yeah. the the modern cat combo deck. It's just like, yeah, we're four colors, but like we're really bant and we're playing Sahili because we have Oath and Nissa. Yeah. Narset's missed up, man. Narsa is a messed up one. You know who's worse? Are we going with Nissa? Yeah, we can go with Nissa. We'll save Oko. <laughs> Nissa's it, it again, it did not even make my top ten because it's just like, yeah, this is super redundant, whatever, who cares? Yeah, it was like it makes an extra mana when you tap a forest. Oh boy. But then you have things like Hydroid Crisis, which want you to go really big. And it, I want this card to be banned from standard, and I really hope it gets banned from Pioneer too. I think it needs to go in Pioneer because the mono the mono green decks are just they are really strong from day one, and every time they've hit them, they're still really strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I really do think it's on the back of of Nissa. Yeah, this is being able to put like a turn three or turn four Nissa into play is just backbreaking for most decks because they can't deal with it. And, you know, back when we had Leyline and everything else, like, you could do it turn two. <laughs> yeah, like, goddamn. Turn two Nissa is still really good. And then when you have Leyline, now you're forced at for three mana because now they're creatures, and it's just like, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah. I noticed a lot of the problem cards, we've like, a lot of the cards we've missed on were Planeswalkers. Planeswalkers I, I are really hard to evaluate, man. Like, they're real hard to evaluate, and a lot of them are just like, you don't know what the format's going to look like. If Oko, if Oko wasn't like, if it was all enchantments, that was the problem. 
then Oko wouldn't have been as good because Oko has nothing to target. Like, take Oko and throw him in Theros. He's got, like, a handful of cards he can target, but then everything's enchantment-based and he can't target anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Red and Six, if, like, the format was more around X2s instead of X1s, Red and Six wouldn't be as good in, like, Modern and Legacy as he is. If Wasteland was in Legacy, Red and Six wouldn't be as good. You know, uh, when when um, Gilded Goose was spoiled, I had talked to you a lot about, like, hey, is this card actually better than Birds of Paradise because this is an X2? I'm just like, it doesn't die to Ren and Six. And, like, that was a big thing. And even yeah. in Modern, it's just like, yeah, this is still a relevant piece of text where it doesn't die to Ren and Six. And, you know, it, it makes artifacts for your Oko and your, your Urza and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it makes it makes it's a free artifact for your opal. Man, Mox Opal's a messed up card. Yeah, Mox Opal probably. It's about time Mox Opal probably needs to go. I feel like I've been saying that for like three years now, so that probably means Watsy's about to start listening and actually ban it. I mean, Watsy means Watsy's finally figured it out, and they probably like getting geared up, ready to ban it. Be about time. So one one last one I want to touch on is uh, is Force of Negation. Um, this is a card that was my honorable mention for Modern Horizons because I did not think it was actually going to be as played as it is, and I thought it was severely overhyped for its its time. Um, after Stoneforge Mystic got unbanned, I played a lot of blue white blue white Stoneblade. I'm just like, holy cow, is this card insane? Um, it is a card that I very much missed on, and. Like, cannot, cannot establish enough how much, like, free cards are very good. <laughs> That's why Once yeah. Upon a Time was, like, our number one card in Throne of Eldraine because free cards are good. Yeah, we, we learned our lesson real quick. <laughs> <laughs> did, free spells did, are the best spells. Did uh, Force of Negation even make your top ten? No. <laughs> None of the forces made my top ten because I thought most of them were just garbage. I'd rather play with all these other cool cards. Yeah, Force Hello, of Negation. Hello, called me my top ten. Uh, Force of Negation was my honorable mention. I had Force of Figure at number five. So, you know. <laughs> I also had Unsettled um, Mariner at number three. So, you know, take take my word with, uh, you know, a, a bit of caution. Um, the one I wish did, the one card on my list I wish did more was Cabal Therapist. I wish that card did more. I, I wish it was a little bit better. I understand, man. Card seems really cool on its on its surface, and I think if it, if if it was legal in Pioneer, it'd be different. Yeah, if it was Pioneer legal, that'd be great. It'd actually be a really good decent card. I was I was talking to someone earlier this week. And I'm just like, man, how much different would Pioneer be if like Innistrad was legal? Like if they went oh, back we, exactly one more block. Imagine this we, format, like. Imagine how good Mono Black was, and now add in Liliana of the Veil as well. <laughs> imagine how good Control decks get because they get Snapcaster Mage. <laughs> like, like, imagine the Phoenix decks with Snapcaster as well. Yeah. Um, like, what else? so glad it's not legal. Oh, God. It, we'd have looting. Uh, we'd have looting. We'd have Gristlebrand and Unburial Rites. Does that do Flame, anything? Uh, Past and Flames. <laughs> Oh, God. I mean, to be fair, we're getting a 
quote unquote fixed version of Fast and Flames. Yeah, that's going in Twiddle in the Lotus Storm decks in Modern, and nobody's going to win ever. This card's atrocious. Uh, that this, card is scary. Trying to find it real quick. Uh, this is Underworld um, Breach out of uh, yeah. Theros Beyond Death. It's red and one for an enchantment. Each non-land card in your graveyard has escape. Its escape cost is equal to the card's mana cost, plus exile three other cards from your graveyard. At the beginning of your instep, sacrifice Underworld Breach. This card's insane, man. When so, the two cards that Mythic Spoiler has next to it is Yogg Will and Past and Flames, you know this card's fucked up. <laughs> from what I have gathered on the escape, uh, escape doesn't exile when you if it's a non if it's not a permanent. Yep. So it stays in your graveyard. So as long as you have mana and cards enough in graveyard to keep casting this thing with escape, you can you cast it as many times this. as you want. It's like retrace. That's insane. Yeah. Most, that gives any card. It's like that's that's red and six ult for two mana. And like, X amount of cards in the yard. Like, imagine Storm playing this where they get, like, Desperate Ritual, and it's like, alright, exile three cantrips, exile three cantrips, exile ca- three cantrips, and kill you. I would say you can... <laughs> or even still just, it. like, grape shot, grape shot, grape shot. <laughs> like, we would just, like, multi- we would just always use Mana Morphos as, like, a mana thing, right? We just pay one mana, because Brawl's on the field at that time, we just pay one mana, exile three cards... Make two mana, draw a card, do it again, do it again, cast the cards that are in our hand, do it again, cast the cards that are in our hand, yeah, the, do it the, again. The fact that like <laughs> it's not passion flame, so the cards that go to your graveyard then gain escape as well is so messed up. <laughs> like lightning bolt gets so much better in the storm decks now because one lightning bolt is potentially seven lightning bolts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my mind went to and is like Escape doesn't exile the not the permanent the, the non permanent cards. I'm like, oh my god, Lightning Bolt is like super good. You pay one mana and exile three cards. Bolt you. <laughs> I I wonder if Faithless Looting was legal. If Storm would play it with Underworld Breach, probably. Like that seems fucked up. Like you don't even really would need the blue like cantrips at that point. You just play um, Faithless Looting over like. Serum Visions, and then Slide of Hand can be fucking any other red... Yeah, you get Thrill of Possibility and and, uh, Cathartic Reunion. Like, that's insane. wonder what we can do with this in Pioneer. This is is a card I am really high on. The Lotus deck uh, that is already there, it gets it. So any any of your twiddle spells that you've used, you can just keep casting it over and over. How does so? I know escape. Does escape see uh, like does escape see Baral's reduction in mana cost for storm? Yep. Okay. Because it's it is reduced as you go to pay costs. Okay. We can probably <laughs> break this in Pioneer. Break this we no we no have Brawl and Goblin Electromancer. Yeah, we can break this. No <laughs> Not a problem. Heck, even our even our freaking dudes have escape. Oh, see, sick. We get we get stuff <laughs> with cycling to fill our yard, and then just cast this and can cast them out of the yard. That's insane. This card's insane. Um. Yeah, Theros will have its own, probably its own episode here in the coming 
week or two. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, there's a lot of cards in this Theros that I really, really, really just wanted to rant and talk about why they printed this this way for, like, hours. I'm starting with that stupid ox. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't learn their lesson last time with Hogak, and here's the ox. Thank God it doesn't have any keywords on it. But well, more importantly, thank God, God it's, a, it's it's a, you know, 5-3. It's like you can't just continuously cast it with, uh, with Alter. Uh, but... but uh, <sighs> You don't need to continuously cast it. You only need to cast it once. Then you get Dredge 15. Holy shit, you're right. (laughs) Oh my god, this card's stupid. Yep. The Ox is real busted. And I want two foils for Dredge, and I'm not going to be able to afford it. I would go ahead and (laughs) pick up your full set. I don't know. I don't know if you want the whole four. Four seems like a lot. It, It really has to overperform, like... Cathartic Union to start being better, like start having four slots, four of that card. Um, we'd almost have to cut Narcomiba out, but then we just have like less cards that are just garbage in our yard. So the numbers get weird because you need a you need a fine balance of I have to exile eight cards for the escape cost, but I want to keep my dredgers in my yard and my lands in my yard. So it's just iffy on what's actually like decent. So, do you want to get the big one out of the way, man? Oko is Broco. Dud. <laughs> Legitimately wish this card had never been printed. Yeah. It has ruined every format that it is currently played in and has ever been played in. Legacy is just a bunch of Oko decks for the most part now because Red and Six is gone, so there's a vacuum to fill, and Oko filled it pretty good. Yep. Who knew that having having access to potentially three mana on turn one is, like, insane. Um, everyone. That's why Lotus is restricted. <laughs> yeah. Too bad Chrome Blocks isn't. And Box Diamond and all those other cards. Man, I am... I'm gonna be real glad when they just come out and say, you know what? Oko is just going to be retired. He's gonna be with the... He, he's being added to the reserve list. <laughs> <laughs> Oko is the first Planeswalker to be retired and added to the reserve list. <laughs> it's also the only card in the last, you know, 15 years that's been added to it or whatever. Yep, all your Okos <laughs> will hold their value. They will never be printed again. Congratulations. <laughs> Done with Oko. <laughs> banned from Modern, banned from Legacy. <laughs> Restricted in Vintage, you can only play one. You can all, you get your option of Lotus or or Oko, you know. <laughs> no, he just becomes the tenth piece of power. <laughs> <laughs> Basically Soul Ring in Mana Crypt power level. <laughs> yep. I am uh, this card's atrocious. I I remember yeah. being very very low on this card when it was when it first was announced i'm just like this card doesn't really do anything and cliff was the first person to like talk some sense into us he's like look this card is insane you need to be aware that this card's going to be insane yeah and we're just like man i don't i don't know if i agree with that and it was it was the first card i crafted uh 
on Arena from this set. I'm like, I need to actually play with this card to see how good it is. And it took me about two games of playing with it. I'm like, All right, this card's actually insane. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I have missed my opportunity to buy them, but good golly, is this card insane. Anything else we missed? Anything you want to talk about that we got right this year? Anything we got right? Um, let's see. I had Tefiri as my number two card in War um, behind Liliana Dreadhorde General. So, you know, I got something right, kind of. <laughs> yeah, um, that that list was real bad. Like actually going back and looking at it, like I have stuff like Ral Storm Conduit on this list, and like Liliana, which isn't even played anymore, and just like Ilharg. So, <laughs> um, see, I have Ranger Captain on my Horizons list, which I think has done really well. I had Urza, but again, like. I had Urza on my list for the wrong reason. So, take that with a grain of salt. Um, nothing nothing else is really sticking out to me. I had I had Embercleave on my list as well as my honorable mention. But it was, again, more of a, a meme of, I want to put this into play with Stoneforge Mystic. So... Again, I don't even know how right you could call that. You had Vela Summer in your court 2020 stuff. Did I? Yep. You called that one out. That was number four on your list. Oh. I did. Vela Summer's messed up. <clears throat> um... I didn't get a whole lot, like, of cool things right. I did call out Ren and Six, and that was, like, the big one that I'm, like, real happy about. It's like, Ren and Six, I knew it was going to be really, really good. You also had Hogak on yours, didn't you? Um, I don't remember. I could probably find out real quick. I was going to say, I know you had, both of us had our Horizon Lands as number one. Um, I thought, I thought I remember you having Hogak on your list. I don't remember. I don't think I did, but that's because I knew it was going to be good. I didn't want to talk about it, and I wanted to buy them still. <laughs> didn't want to break the information to everyone else. Yeah, because it's kind of an unknown quantity still, and I was just, like, super excited about it. And now it's just like... And then it was just like... Hogak is just, like, really good. <laughs> like, as the person who... Help, like, helped get Bridgevine originally on the map. Having my deck ruined because of Hogak just, like, being printed makes me very, very sad. Uh, let's see. Looking at yours, you have uh, Goblin Matron, Unearth, yeah, Honorable Mentions, Eldamari's Call, Carrion Feeder, Scrapyard Recombiner, so, you know, a card that's done nothing, um, Cabal Therapist, uh, Dredgescape plus Cloud Shift, uh, Cloud Shredder Sliver. Is that the one that gets flying in haste? Fly, it's, uh, the combination Heart and, uh, Gale Rider. Flying Ice Fankotal. Ice Fankotal you, you had on your list, which is, like, pretty decent, considering Played that, uh... every freaking bank control deck now, because it carries a sword and is a Baleful Strix 
because snow is so easy to trigger with astrolabe. Looking looking through our old messages, um, we have a very early iteration of Hogak here. <laughs> like that looks like I uh, sent it to you as soon as we got done recording. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> man, this card's probably fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Hogak made me very sad and it's kind of like put a damper on most of my uh, graveyard decks I've been playing ever since. It was like super sad. Uh, like I haven't even broken Dredge out of the box since I moved. That's bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have all my Pioneer stuff just sitting in a box over here that probably need to go through and be like, right, I need to get rid of these Smuggler's Copters because they're not able to be played. Yeah, you can't play those anymore. I have Once Upon a Times in Soul Flare still, but they were they were for modern originally. It's just like, oh, cool, I can play this busted spell in Soul Flare. <laughs> Not anymore. Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time was a card we just like hit it on the head. Oh, for sure. Like, we were, it is we were not real hard on to, that. It was real, not hard to analyze that. It's like, oh, oh, this is Ancient Stirrings, but better. Like... This one's really good. <laughs> but yeah. Got a lot of things right. A lot of things wrong this year. What do you want? What are you looking forward to next year for? Um, I'm really hoping that like Pioneer continues to be just as wonderful as it is. Um, like obviously it's going to be it's one of the most popular formats right now. I'm really hoping that we actually get a ton of Pioneer support, uh, which I know I talked about a little bit earlier. Past that it's just like you know, here, there, and everything else, like, I'm going to continue playing a lot of Commander because it's about the only thing I have consistently built. Um, like, I have Kiki, and I'm not getting rid of it anytime soon, so, you know, everything else, I'm just like, all right, well, I'm going to pick this up and play it for two months and then flip it, so. I mean, <laughs> hell, looking at this year, I have bought um, Tron and immediately sold it a couple months later, built burn yeah. and I'm in the process of like moving all stuff for burn. So <laughs> yeah, it was just like modern. Isn't great. I started the year playing, um, playing a open in Indianapolis and having a standard collection. And I was just like, I don't want to ever touch these cards again. Cause they all suck. <laughs> yep. So, you know, just, say, yeah, we started the year off with, uh, you hopping off a of modern and, going to standard and now it's just like end of the year standard is miserable standards miserable modern sucks <laughs> just i don't know there's there's not really a lot going on right now so figure it out as it comes up we had a pretty good year oh I for sure say. like we went and you went and did indianapolis then we went and played in cincinnati then we played a couple iqs and and so we had competitive magic this year. And we had our PTQ that we went to with Pregol. Um, yep. You know, it, it's been it's been a good year, just not as good as I really wanted it to be. But oh well, you so win next, some, you lose this some. This year we're focusing on Pokemon. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm, we're traveling for Pokemon this year. <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, I've been in the process of just like shiny hunting the last several days, and just like, yeah, this is great. You know sit here and hatch 400 eggs and then, you know, do it again. 
I need to get a good rhythm for hatching eggs because right now my rhythm's kind of just like off kilter and like my eggs are hatching at weird times. So it's just like I'm really far away. So it's like it's suboptimal. I'm trying to optimize my egg hatching right now. I'll uh, I'll talk to you afterwards because there's there's a lot of stuff that I've I've figured out. I'm just like, all right, this seems like the best way for me to do this. Yeah. And you should you should talk to Ryan about it too. Ryan is you know our go-to breeder so anything that you need done just talk to him about he knows what he's doing is he gonna travel with us or is he gonna stay home i don't know i should probably talk to him and figure that out i need to talk to kyle see if he wants to go i know quentin i got quentin kind of interested in it really okay yeah we might have a whole car full (laughs) deal i'd be down i could sleep on the floor somewhere y'all can have the beds that's fine any uh, anything else you want to hit on to end out twenty nineteen, man? Um, Watsy needs to do better. They need to do a little bit better this year. They didn't. They didn't do terrible. They did. They like like we said. They got a lot of things right, and then they got a lot of things wrong. We need to have a lot less things go wrong this next year. Give us a twenty eighteen again. A twenty eighteen wasn't terrible. Like twenty eighteen was like. Going back up, standard was starting to go back up and starting to trend upwards again. Let's have a, let's have twenty twenty be like twenty eighteen and be a little bit better and less mistake heavy this time. Twenty eighteen had my favorite standard format I've ever played with, uh, like right after Guilds of Ravnica came out. Yeah, uh, twenty eighteen, I kind of just like stopped playing standard and just like focused on modern. I had more fun playing modern than I had ever had. And then 2019 kind of just ruined modern for me. The the one thing I will say I'm highly disappointed with, uh, with Watsy for this year. Um, I can only play Nexus of Fate in Historic now, and that really makes me sad. So, womp womp. if you if you want to just like unban it, but just for me in Pioneer, I'd be okay with that. Um. I'm not sure what my biggest disappointment is. Probably just like they took away my GPs, so I have nothing to watch on the weekends. I liked watching Magic on the weekends. I like being able to like just turn on the TV and just relax and have constant background noise of you know. Yeah, I understand. Whatever playing on the background, being able to do my work and do whatever I need to get done for the day, and just like if I wanted to look and pay attention because I heard something cool happening, it's like oh cool. Now with the with Moto, it's just like. You could see it coming. It's like it's the suspense is gone. I'm just like, yeah. So get us out of here, bud. All right, man. I think that's gonna do it for this week. Um, I'm, I'm. And this year. Oh yeah, for for 2019 as a whole. Um, thank you to our listeners. It's been a fantastic year. Very thankful for y'all to be here and week in and week out. And yeah, I, I think in the last year we only missed one week, and that was the week of Christmas. You know, we we took last week off and. Very thankful for you all to still be here and everything with us. So thank you all for hanging out with us. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter, uh, Attack for Zero, myself at Cardinoble25, and Carl at Musical underscore 33. Carl and I are both on Twitch as well. Uh, you can find all of our information about that down in the show notes as well. Uh, we have a Discord server where we talk about anything from Magic to Pokemon and everything in between. Um, there's there's a handful of us in there now talking about uh, Pokemon getting all stuff set up for competitive leagues and all that cool stuff. So if you feel feel interested in coming in and talking to us and adding feedback to the show and what you want to hear and all that, that's the best way to do it. Um, past that, 
We have our email down in the show notes as well. Questions, comments, concerns can always be sent that way. If you if that's the only way you want to reach out to us, by all means, it's available to you. So, as always, thank you all very much. We'll be back next week to talk about who knows what. We'll figure it out then. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.